All right. Well, that's enough. <clears throat> that's enough talk about uh, down here at South Padre Island. But God has been good, and He's blessed us so much. And and uh, I'm just so thankful for our church and uh, being understanding, letting us get away just to recharge just a little bit. We needed it. And I'm thankful it's been good for me and Stephanie and been good for Savannah. She's loved it. And uh, anyway, it's just been a blessing. I've enjoyed it. People have been friendly, and and, uh, we've had a great time. Uh, But anyway, let's get into tonight's lesson. Let's go to the Lord's Prayer. Let's ask God. I hope you can hear me good. I'm going to, for those of you listening on Blog Talk, I'm going to hold the phone up so it uh, gets a good connection. I know i got a lot of wind blowing. So anyway, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you. We thank you for this ability to uh, still have church and meet, even though we're not there together in person. We're thankful, Lord. We're thankful for this opportunity. And, Lord, we just, we just ask your blessing on us tonight. Though we're more than more than probably 200 miles apart, uh, Lord, we're very much close together because of this technology, and we're very grateful for that. And we ask you to bless us as we meet together around the Word of God. Teach us and lead us from it. And we'll give you the praise and the glory for it. And we thank you for it now. Holy Spirit of God, speak through me. Forgive my sins and fill me. Use me for your to be your mouthpiece tonight. And we thank you and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, let's get into this lesson tonight. And uh, let's see where we're at. Proverbs chapter 6. And we're going to be in verses 12 through 15 tonight. So I won't take up much of your time. but uh, But I'm grateful that you're here. Nonetheless, the Proverbs chapter 6, verse 12, 15, Solomon says, A naughty person, a wicked man, walketh with a froward mouth. He winketh with his eyes. He speaketh with his feet. He teacheth with his fingers. Frowardness is in his heart. He deviseth mischief continually. He soweth discord. Therefore shall his calamity come suddenly. Suddenly shall he be broken and without remedy. So tonight we're talking about this naughty man, this naughty person. And uh, so I want to just start off. I hope, I hope this noise next door is not overpowering me. But, but uh, Solomon has given us, first of all, the characteristics of this man. This is a dangerous man. This is somebody that you don't want to encounter or mess with. Uh, you know, we saw last week when we looked at this, we looked earlier in the in the passage, we saw we saw Solomon condemning the slothful. And he came down hard on the slothful man. And you know, you gotta think about it. The slothful man does nothing. He's not he's not trying to be offensive, he just sits around and does nothing. And you know, if if they, if God will condemn the slothful man that does nothing, how much more do you think he's gonna he's gonna condemn the wickedness of the naughty man that sat around and plot? to do all the evil they can to other people. And uh, that's that's who this person is, this naughty person the Bible speaks of. Actually, in Hebrew, the, the word for a naughty person is Belial. And you know we've seen that in Second Corinthians chapter 6, over there between verses 14 and 17, where it talks about, it talks about um, you know, us having communion with the son of Belial, or, or, or an infidel. That's what he's talking about, a naughty person. Someone we shouldn't have any kind of fellowship or any contact with, but uh, but anyway, that's who the Bible's talking about here when it talks about a naughty man. So we need to understand that. I want you to Bible describes in verse twelve. It says, it says a a naughty person, a wicked man, 
walketh with a froward mouth. So he's a wicked man, and he makes his trade doing evil. That's what he does. He, he's he's constantly uh, working evil. He's especially with his tongue. He works evil. Uh, it tells us that he that he, you know, as he goes about his day, he works he works his uh, his ways with a froward mouth. And you say, well, what is that? We don't use that word froward very often. What does that mean? It means that he goes around lying and being perverse in his ways. He's in direct opposition to God. He's in direct opposition to the commandments of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's in direct opposition to a man who's trying to follow God. So that's the man we're describing here, a naughty person, a wicked man. Again, naughty person, again, from the Hebrew, Belial. It literally means, the definition means a worthless man, a man who is good for nothing, a man who is unprofitable, a man who is a degenerate. Now, that's not the kind of person that you and I want to take keep company with. And so he's saying that kind of a person, somebody that's absolutely worthless and good for nothing to anybody, nobody who's a degenerate to society, unprofitable to God or man, that man, it says he walks around with a froward mouth, a perverse, crooked mouth. That, that could mean someone who's, who's constantly attacking someone to try to destroy them, but it also could mean someone who uses their words to deceive someone to destroy them. so And that's the kind of person that we're describing here. This person, this naughty person, the man that walks with a wicked, uh, froward mouth, uh, the Bible tells us, is saying that he, he does things, um, what he does and what he says, he does it very skillfully. He does it with design. He, he's, he has the subtlety of a snake, a serpent. He, everything that he does, he, he does it with a great deal of craftiness, and and he, he does it uh, as a complete package. He uses, the Bible tells us that he uses his eyes, his feet, and his fingers. Listen to verse 13. The Bible says he winketh with his eyes. He speaketh with his feet. He teacheth with his fingers. Uh, I hate to share some of these things with you because... Lord knows I've, I had some kind of a past. I was raised up by a daddy who took me to bars when I was a little boy. And I remember sitting in a bar. I was probably, oh, I was probably 13, 14 years old. And uh, I remember sitting across the table from my dad, and he was he was pulling a fast one on me. Uh, and then he turned around and used me to help me pull a fast one on somebody else. And, and the trick is, it's what they call a bar trick. You've got a, a square napkin. And... Uh, and you got somebody sitting at the table there with a penny in their hand. And what you do is you have the person opposite side of the table with a drink, and they take a drink, and they've also got a napkin. And they take a drink, and they set their drink down. And uh, you have to uh, – the, the trick is the person says, well, I can guess, I can guess where you're going to set that down. Uh, I'm trying to remember exactly how it works. I'm not sure that. Anyway, the, the thing is, there's a mark working across the table, and they they move the penny to uh, to tell the person where where the where the the glass was set. So it's a, it's a parlor trick, and somebody just bets a dollar says, "Oh, you can't tell." Well, yeah. How do you keep doing that? Well, they don't realize there's somebody working with you, and I'm I messed the whole explanation up. But no, it's been a long time since I've seen that trick. But there's a lot of bar tricks. There's a lot of things that are easily done to fool people 
and they always seem to have an accomplice. So this person, this this naughty person, he's working to try to deceive, to try to uh, take advantage of somebody. He he, he expresses, uh, he's expressing his lack of desire for uh, or concern for the person he's taking advantage of. Malice would be a good word for it. He's expressing that when he just keeps his mouth shut and he carries on about his plot. And, and, and people around him, he uses them as a tool of his own wicked game, and, and they understand what he's trying to do. They understand what it means when he winks his eye. They understand what it means when he taps his foot a certain way. They understand what it means when he motions with his fingers. He's given orders for them to do evil things, and, and, and yet you wouldn't know that he was doing so if you were just looking at what he does because he's concealing his actions. And, and so that nobody suspects what he's doing. That's the kind of person that we're talking about here. And God is warning us about these kind of people. And uh, this man's a secretive man. And he doesn't let any, everybody in on his secret. He only lets the gullible in, those he can take advantage of. He lets them into that world and, and those that he can take advantage of and control. Again, he's a deceptive man. And in his deception, he speaks a language that's known by himself, and an honest man wouldn't wouldn't understand that language and wouldn't know he was being taken advantage of. Let me give you some examples of what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm talking about a con man. I'm talking about somebody who is is looking to take advantage. You know, you get the people from uh, India and Pakistan and places like that that call on the phone and claim they work for uh, they work for Apple or they work for uh, they're from your bank or they're from your credit card and they try their best to deceive and get information, and they say, you know, you've got an outstanding debt, and the sheriff department's on their way. Uh, you, you've, been, you've been targeted by the IRS, and you're going to have to pay a hefty fine, or you're going to jail. You'll have to go get an Apple, uh, Apple Pay card or this kind of credit card and, or whatever, this kind of pay card, and, and pay money in so that you, they're just trying to scam you. They want to get your bank account information. There are people like that everywhere. And it happens all the time. You know, we get you get phone calls on your cell phone all day long by people trying to take advantage of you. Con artists. That's what God's describing in our lesson tonight. Uh, you, you've heard of the three card money people out on the streets and and uh, in New York City and big cities where they've got the cards that are folded and they're they're shuffling them around and saying find the king or find the queen or whatever the card is and they're shuffling them round and round and and it's it's a scam because there's somebody around them working with them. Uh, in order to in order to help them pull off their scam, and and that's again that's what the Bible's describing. You know, some used car salesmen. They're the same way. I used to work in the car business, and I want to tell you, there's some of the biggest shysters in the world working in the car business, and they will take advantage of you. They will lie to you. Not all of them. Some there's some good ones out there. Just like there's some good lawyers. There's not many of them, but there's some good ones if you find them. But you got to find one who actually is honest and takes his job seriously. Uh, but but they'll rip you off, you know. you got you got blackjack dealers. They'll smile and, and, and call you Mr. So-and-so or whatever as long as they're making money off of you and they're taking you for everything you've got. Uh, Kelly King posted Social Security. Yeah, most of us will never see it. That's another con artist game that we've been playing for a long, long time. But uh, again, another one. Again, scam artists anywhere. You go, you, I remember being in Dallas, Texas one night uh, back in the late 80s, I think it was, and uh, coming in from the West End Marketplace in the parking lot about to get in my truck, and suddenly I turned around, and this large man was standing next to me, 
and he was telling me he wanted to sell me a gold necklace for twenty dollars, and and I immediately I was I was freaked out to say the least because this man is right in my face in a in a dark parking lot, and I had no idea who he was or where he came from, and I immediately knew it was dangerous, and I told him I said, look man, I ain't got no money on me, I don't spend it all, you need to get out of my face, and I blowed up at him, and he backed off, but if I had been weak, I know he would have taken advantage of me, but he didn't perceive me to be a weak person at that moment. You know, you, I, I think about cults. I think about the Catholic Church and what a scam that is. They're sending people to hell all the time thinking that they're going to work their way to heaven. There's a lot of denominations that, that will tell you you've got to work your way there. And every one of them's a lie out of the pit of hell. It's by grace alone. If it's anything other than the blood of Jesus, you can throw that in the trash because the blood is what paid the debt, not anything else. So you need to be careful what you're listening to and what you're following. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us of all sins. That's what the Bible says, nothing more, nothing less. So you've got all kinds of cults that promise you all kinds of things, but they just want your money. They just want to get all they can out of you, and in the end, they have nothing for you. That's right, sister. It's grace alone, nothing more, nothing less. Uh, you know, another one I thought of, just the biggest, probably the biggest one I can think of is, is, is congressmen and senators and presidents, uh, the administration we have right now, the Democratic Party. You know, I think about them, and I hate to just pick on the Democratic. I know there's some good people in there that are deceived or, or just not very intelligent, but God help them because these career politicians, they will lie to you all day long. You know that. They, if they're lying, you know, I can tell you they're lying, their mouth's moving. Their lips are moving, they're lying to you, because let's be honest, they get in there, and even if they had a good idea to begin with, they get in there, they get corrupted, they find out they can't do anything unless they play along, and so they're always working to get reelected, and they're never working for us. They're just taking advantage and lying and lying and lying. Of course, y'all know all of that. I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but, you know, think about this, the billionaires that are corrupt as they can be, people like uh, Bill Gates, who's trying to, uh, he's trying to kill as many people in foreign countries as he can by poisoning them, and, and that's documented. I'm not giving you something crazy. Uh, you know, the Anthony Fauci's of this world. George Soros, uh, what a corrupt, evil man, wants to destroy the United States, and he said so in, in plain language. Uh, Klaus Schwab, who's the head of the World Economic Forum, who said by, not, by 2030 you'll all be, you'll all, uh, what do he say, you will own nothing but you'll be happy. These evil, evil, diabolical people, they, they just take advantage. They lie. They keep people uh, deceived. You know, I thought about we were, we were coming down here in, in the gas prices. Uh, you, you get down here, I mean, I've seen, we saw gas for $2.75. It's about $3.02 everywhere you go. But never forget when you see the gas prices going down. That's just cheese in the trap uh, just to get people to vote Democrat again. They say, oh, look, they're Brenton. Joe Biden's done it. He's bringing down the gas prices. Well, why couldn't he have done it six months ago? It's because it's election. That's it. It's it. It's evil. It's wicked. We know that. But don't buy into that. Don't forget how hard things were when gas was, was, was $4 and something and going on up. Listen, they'll be back up right after November. You just watch. Unless we absolutely get them out of there. That's the only way anything's ever going to get any better. But I'm not here to preach politics. I'm just talking about it because it's a part of it. But, you know, one of the worst ones of all is false religions. you got the faith healers. 
who promise that they can heal. They can't heal anybody, but they'll take you for everything you've got. You've got the prosperity preachers, and I can't tell you how many people over the years I have dealt with who have given everything they had to some crock of a, of a televangelist out there. I'll be nice, and uh, who, who's taken them for everything that they have, and they live in the in the finest of luxury, and yet they take advantage of everyone who who uh, gives them money. They just do it to get rich, you know. And so, in this in this passage we're looking at tonight we see in, we've seen in, in in verse 13 as his methods are described as, as winking with his eyes speaking with his feet teaching with his fingers but also we see how he acts he does it very spitefully he does it to hurt verse 14 says forwardness forwardness is in his heart again that's perverseness that's wickedness. Frowardness is in his heart. He deviseth mischief continually. He soweth discord. You know, I think about, we're talking about he winks with his eyes. He, he uh, talks with his feet and his fingers. You know, I think about pickpockets on the street. You know, especially if you go to a, uh, to a big foreign country and, you, and anybody can see that you're a tourist. There'll be, there'll be people who'll come up to you and try to be extremely helpful. You know, I, I got off a, I got off a cruise ship in Cozumel, Mexico, one time, and went into a market, and everybody came out. Of the, I mean, they were coming out of the woodwork at everybody. They were saying, "Come, come! I'll make a better deal than Walmart. Come, good deal for you today. Come on, come in here, come in here." And 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 I remember getting right outside the market, and a, and a man came up to me. He said, "Come," he said, "Come with me. I've got a condo. I want to show you a great deal. You'll be the first one to see it." And and I knew immediately. If I go with this man, he's going to knock me in the head. You know, he don't, he, he's not, he doesn't have a brochure. He has nothing. He's just begging me to come with him. And I've seen video after video on YouTube with people being taken advantage of who they, they, they thought they were being helped by an overly friendly person who just sought to ruin them. But, again, they, they deal spitefully. They don't care about you. And there's evil behind it in their heart. Frowardness is in his heart. He deviseth mischief continually. He soweth discord. You know, he's driven, but he's not driven by ambition. He's not driven. Uh, he's not driven by jealousy. It's just downright pervert heart, perverted heart. He has a desire to do wrong, to tear up, to, to disrupt, to uh, to destroy, and uh, he works out of malice. He works out of an ill nature. Not trying to not trying to build his own wealth or to advance himself, just trying to take advantage of other people around him, and continually, continually devising one mischief after another, trying to find something that he can do, trying to find another scam, another thing that he can pull off. You know, I talked before about times when I'd have somebody come up to the church and they. Uh, usually when I'd be up there late at night working on something, they'd come up there and they'd say, you know, my mama's in the hospital in Oklahoma and she's had a brain tumor and, and she's having surgery in the morning and I need to get up there and, and I just need $10. And, you know, I knew good and well I was, I was being kind. And, and, you know, most times I just told them, I said, look, man, I, I'm sorry, I can't help you. And, and, you know, you can always tell when somebody's real and when somebody's fake. I say you always can. You usually can. And and the people that I'm describing were people who were 
who were simply trying to get money for drugs or alcohol, and it was very obvious. Um, but, you know, that again, people are like that everywhere. You've got to be careful. You know, there's a time for helping people. There's a time for when, when you can obviously see somebody's in dire straits and needs your help. And in those times, yes, by all means, help somebody. But be careful. Use discernment. Pray if you're not sure. And, and, and ask the Spirit of God to give you discernment to whether or not you're being taken advantage of and, and ruined for, just for the sake of somebody trying to ruin you. Uh, we got to be careful. You know, <clears throat> this is a man of Belial, which is an evil, wicked, worthless, good-for-nothing individual. Uh, you know, it's hard to feel sorry for somebody like it. If God calls them worthless, if God's describing them as, as someone who, who has no redeeming value, it's hard for me or you to say, well, I've got to be kind and loving, uh, you know, not to the point of being taken advantage of. There's a time. The Bible says as much as life in you, see that you live peaceably with all men. It says that over in Romans. So God is telling us there is a point where where uh, I can't, I'm sorry, but you know what? We're not going to jab, so get on, get out of my way, get out of my face, and leave me alone. And, and, and that's the way you need to deal with somebody like this. Quick, abrupt, and be gone. I want nothing to do with you. You have no benefit into my life. You're not going to hear anything I have to say, so we have no business with one another. Uh, you know, this man is of the devil, okay? He resembles the devil in his subtlety. He resembles the devil in his actions. And so, guess what? He's doomed, and the Bible tells us so. Verse 15. We're about to wrap this thing up. So what is his doom? The Bible tells us in verse 15, Therefore shall his calamity come suddenly. Suddenly shall he be broken without remedy. So I see two things about that. First of all, his destruction is going to come without warning. The Bible says it shall come suddenly. Suddenly he shall be broken. To punish him for all the wicked things that he has done to surprise people and caught them in his snares. Suddenly, just like he caught them, he's going to be taken in his own wickedness. You know, God God's only going to put up with it for so long. First Thessalonians five three says, For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. And I know before anybody says, I know that's not talking about who the people I'm talking about. It's talking about the Jews. And it's talking about the tribulation period. But I want you to understand that the very same way God is saying these people's destruction is going to come upon them because God is going to have enough at some point, and God is going to bring down the boom on them. And it's going to happen just like that. You know, there's an old song. It's an old, uh, it's a traditional song, and uh, but Johnny Cash did a cover of it. And it says, you can run on for a long time. Run on for a long time. Run on for a long time. But sooner or later, God will cut you down. Sooner or later, God will cut you down. Go tell that long-tongued liar. Go and tell that midnight rider. Tell the rambler, the gambler, the backbiter. Tell them that God's going to cut them down. And God's only going to give them so much rope until he's going to yank it back, and that's going to be the end of them. And the Bible tells us that it's not just going to happen suddenly but it's going to be it's going to happen without remedy without relief there'll be no help for him he shall be irreparably broken when god lowers the boom 
And you know what? He'll never be able to put it back together again. When God finally says, okay, wicked man, okay, Belial, okay, worthless man, I've had enough. I've let you go far enough. I've given you as much grace as, as I is I will to allow you to turn and be repent and be born again, but you refuse, so that's it. I'm done. You spent your life trying to destroy others, and your doom is coming. He shall be broken without remedy. Psalm 50:22 says, Now consider this, ye that forget God, lest I tear you in pieces, and there be none to deliver. I mean, what, what, what should a man expect who has used his whole life in the service of abusing all those around him that he could abuse. He's going to come to his end, and there's going to be nobody around to help him. God is warning us, folks. There's a reason why God is warning us. And you know, there's a lot of people who go through life, and they don't think that anything bad will ever happen. because, And, and they just expect that everything's going to go uh, smooth, and nobody will ever try to take advantage of them. But God didn't warn us of these things because we'll have a smooth life, never have any problems. God gave us warnings so that we don't get taken advantage of. So I urge you to heed the warning tonight and pay attention to the people, the new people that come into your life. Make sure that you, that you pray about these relationships. Make sure that you're careful about the relationships that you enter into. Don't be gullible. Don't be deceived by others. Always seek God in his mind in everything that you do and, and pray about everything. All right? Listen, I'm going to wrap it up, but it sure was good to be here tonight and talk to you from South Padre Island, Texas. And, and I urge you, if you get a chance to go on vacation, don't drive across Louisiana and Mississippi. Come on down here. This is Texas, and it's good. I promise you. You know what? God's good. His word's good. And I, I look out here to creation. And I'm amazed. I'm just amazed at what God can do. Again, I was sitting here yesterday, I believe it was, or maybe it was maybe it was Monday. I think it was yesterday. I'm sitting out here on this balcony and I'm watching I'm watching all the people down there on the beach and I'm watching the birds flying over. And I'm watching these kingfishers. I don't know if you're familiar with a kingfisher, but these birds they're they they're smaller than the seagulls and they fly right over the edge where the waves break. And, and I believe they're watching for those sand fleas that burrow down in the sand. When the waves begin to recede, those sand fleas, and they come up, they make a little hole. And those kingfishers, they'll just go right straight down in to the water and just plow into the sand, and they, get, they come up with that sand flea. And I thought to myself, you know, we worry about so many silly things, and God's here providing a meal for these birds. They ain't worried about them down this, they're not running down this beach, flying them down this beach, worried about what they're going to eat. They know innately that God has provided for them all they need, and he's provided them the instinct to be able to get what they need, the ability to get what they need. And and God has done the same for you and I. And if we just trust him and keep our eyes on him, God would provide and show us and take care of us. And he's told us that time and time again in his word. And I just want to urge you tonight to keep your eyes on the Lord. And not, and not get your eyes on man, not listen to man if he's talking things that are opposite from the things you know to be true in the Word of God. Don't be deceived. Don't let any man deceive you by any means. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus all the way home. It's not going to be long, and we're going to see him. Well, I want to show you this water before we get out of this. It is beautiful. I'm going to take this and give you one last look at it.
big old cloud off in the distance. Again, Brother Brandon Teague, and I will see you on Sunday. God bless you. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the week.